Welcome, children, to the podcast. <laughs> Isn't it a podcast? Oh, look at all of the trees. Don't they grow from the ground? Oh, look at your feet now. Don't they grow from the ground? Wow. Are you a tree? Wow. I'm a tree. Do you want to be a tree with me? We could grow from the ground. Ha <laughs> Every day is one day. And every tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. So why don't we take a little bit of yesterday and make it into now for me? I don't want you to have it. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Ha 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 ha. The ocean is just the sky backwards. Everyone knows this. Don't you know this? Ha 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 ha. What if we were each other but backwards? Ha ha ha. I put on your clothes, you put on my clothes. What's that? My clothes are too big for you? Ha ha! Well, you're not you anymore. You're me now. You gotta do all my stuff. You gotta go to the grocery store. You gotta go to the bank. And that's all I ever do. Now you gotta do it. What do you do in your life? I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna play with your kids. Your kids are my kids now. Ha ha ha. I'm taking your kids out of school. We're going to go camping forever. Ha ha ha. We're going to live in the trees. They're growing from the crowd. And as we know from before, the crowd is the sky. I want to put your kids in the sky with me. Ha 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 And you're going to go to the bank every day. Hey, bank. It's me. You. But you're me now. I'm the not the bank. You can't be the bank. You can't be the bank. You're me now, and I'm you. Can we talk about your kids? They're so weird. Your kids are... Honestly, your kids smell like shit. Do you bathe your kids? Hey, it's me, I'm you, you're me. Do you bathe your kids?
There's no baths in the sky ground. Guys, what is going on? It's happy, sad talk thing. You, uh, you know what it is already. You're listening to it. What if you clicked on the show and you're like, I, what is this? I don't know the, what the name is. I can't read, but I can navigate this podcast app. Well, that makes you a very special person. If so, write me an email. Wait a minute. You can't write emails. We've established you cannot read. Unless you're going to use the speak-to-type text function. You seem innovative enough to get around the podcast app. Get in contact with me somehow. I want to talk to you. Interview on the show. Um, I I feel like a pile of, uh, of uh, potato butts today. Um, I was recently saw an ex-girlfriend at uh, a get-together, a potluck party thing, and I ate a whole pecan pie out of nervousness. <laughs> The interaction went very well. It was kind. It was interested. You know, it was maybe as successful as those interactions can go. And uh, the discomfort, the natural discomfort of it, the nostalgia, the guilt, the resentment. I was like, I'm going to have a whole pecan pie. (laughs) But I cut it into little slices first before I actually had the pie. Like, I was like, oh, I'll have another little slice. I'm just having a little slice. And I would walk away from, like, the, the collective table. You know, just being like, oh. And I would come back every time and be like, oh, I guess there's slightly less of it now. No one else had any of the pie. So I was deluding myself into thinking that I was just sharing this pie with everyone. I was not sharing this pie. Um, yeah. And uh, I, felt, I felt like shit for, like, five days. <laughs> But uh, that's not all because of the pie, I don't think. I think I'm just fucking tired, man. Father's Day, love my love my parents. Spending time with them, you know, it requires a lot of energy. I was in the studio the other day recording some vocals for the Nova Darlings. Great. Requires a little bit of energy, you know? I've been also teaching recently. All these things require energy. Did you guys know you can get a burrito from Chipotle for $2.30 if you just put rice and beans in it? And then you can get salsa and cheese and all that shit at the end in it? $2.30. Incredible. Are you broke right now? Are you hungry as hell? Get a big old burrito from Chipotle. This podcast brought to you by Chipotle. Um, yeah, for all the DIY... Uh, aesthetic of this podcast and all of the... Uh, Biting, intelligent criticisms of capitalism uh, that are Pulitzer Prize winning. Uh, we are now directly sponsored by Chipotle. So I just have to say that because uh, I know I get into all of my anti-Chipotle rants on this podcast, my famous anti-Chipotle rants on this podcast, and I just need everyone to know that I'm actually sponsored by Chipotle. So um, if you go to Chipotle.com, enter promo code... Happy sad, you're gonna get one free Chipotle. So I recently lost three hundred dollars. Real thing that happened to me. How Mackin? How did you? 
How did you lose $300? Well, friends, I fucking got scammed. I got fucking scammed. I go on Craigslist.com. I think, I, you know what? I'm an adult. I can buy a fucking video game system if I want one. Everyone has these Nintendo Switches that they seem to like so much. I want to get one. I want to play Mario Kart. I want to play Super Smash Brothers. Punch all my friends so fun. I find one for like fucking, you know, the, okay, re- let's talk numbers here. Retail price for a Nintendo Switch, 300 bucks. Retail price for the game you want to play, probably 50, 60 bucks. So I find one, it is Nintendo Switch with an upgraded memory card. That in and of itself is probably another 50 bucks or something. Basically, this guy freaking got Nintendo two games I want to play and cool memory card. Probably like 450, 500 buck value for 300 bucks. I should have known right there. I thought that was like a reasonable amount of money to save by going on Craigslist. And I think I've learned now if you're gonna buy shit on Craigslist. You gotta go to the person's house and see the thing and like do the interaction that way, you know? Basically I hit up the person, I'm like, Can I come by? And they're like, Oh, I'm not in town anymore. I was only in town for a little bit. Should have been my first suspicion. Would you bring your Nintendo Switch to LA to sell it? You piece of shit, you piece of human shit. Um, and so I like hit him up and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, or I, he's like, yeah, I live like five hours away. And I was like, oh, cool. Just far enough for we, me not to be able to drive there. So basically I was like, oh, are you, will you ship it? And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll totally ship it for you. And I was like, cool. And he was like, you got to send, you send it to me on the cash app. Blah, blah, blah. It's got this security feature on it for businesses. So you can like, because ref- I'm like, oh, okay. Like, basically, I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I got ripped off the other, I almost got ripped off the other day. So, which is another true story that I will tell on this podcast of me almost sending another person money on Craigslist for an apartment that I thought I was going to get for so cheap. And I am a fool. And saying it out loud, I feel, I feel, I feel a fool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so basically just the fucking motherfucking fucker guy fuck is like, set, like, <sighs> here's the thing that got me. I was like, can you take a picture of the switch? Maybe with like a thumbs up or something so that I know that it's real. And, uh, basically the guy took a picture of the, like, switch box with a note on it that said for Mackin and the date and it was like reddit AMA verified and I was like that's enough for me baby and now I'm thinking I'm like does this guy just have a picture of a Nintendo switch box or does he have like an actual Nintendo switch box I mean that he can do this little fake but the thing is like I suggested the fake test so like Maybe he just has a Nintendo Switch and just pretends he's going to sell it all the time. 
I mean, it worked on me, so clearly his method is is good, you know? (sighs) Then I sent him the money. Couldn't do it on the cash app. Got canceled on the cash app. They were like, we canceled this for your protection. (laughs) And I was like, must be, uh, you know, a glitch. So I, I powered through. I don't know if he had been, like, an unauthorized seller on that or something. So, uh, basically, I sent it to him on PayPal. Oh, you gotta send it as friends and family so I don't have to pay the fees. Oh, yeah, I got you, bro. I'm a cool guy. Yeah. I'm a fucking really cool guy. So I sent it to him like that. Then he's like, oh, I left the tracking info in my car. So, like, I'm on my... And when I go on my lunch break, I'll get you that, uh... I'll get you that tracking info. Then here's the craziest part. Motherfucker send me, sends me the tracking info. Like, he says, here's the tracking link. Says it could take 24 to 48 hours to reflect any updates. Since they start moving stuff very early in the morning. What does that mean? It takes 24 to 48 hours to reflect since they start moving stuff. Okay. And then he says, realistically, it's around 24 hours. I paid extra for signature confirmation and insurance. Just so they won't leave it for porch pirates. And then he said... Contact me if you have any issues. Like I said, the system is new, and I still have the manufacturer warranty unregistered. See, it's like good, it's too good to be true, but I don't know if it's too good. Like, it's very good, but maybe it's also not true. God fucking damn it, I'm so mad. Did me so long to make that money. That's a lot of hours of my job, guys. Um, yeah, and the thing is, like, I click on the shipping link, it says, here's what it says, shipment ready for UPS, and it says ship to Los Angeles, so it looks like he created a label online, it looks like that's all you have to do to fucking trick motherfuckers. <laughs> Cause it looks like it, like he wrote the weight on it. Yeah, dude, total scam. And then in my fucking brain, I was like, so I text the next day, and I'm like, hey man, just a quick question. Did you give? Did they give you an approximate arrival date? Just excited. Ha ha ha. Hasn't shown up on the website. I'm like trying to be fucking cool for this guy, and he's stealing from me. Oh, here's the other thing. After I sent him the money, he said, Thanks for the smooth deal. We'll be in touch soon. And he said it was shipped off, and the website says it's not shipped off. Oh my god, this guy's a stone-cold friggin' liar. So, uh... Then I, uh, text him again. I say, hey, just checking in. I've yet to receive any contacts from UPS. Tracking updates. And then... And then in my frustration, I texted this person. I said, did you scam me? (laughs) Which is the most embarrassing thing I've ever... 
like written, you know, because I re- like as if he was gonna be like, "You got me, swiper, no swiping." <laughs> so I don't know what to do. If anyone knows what I can do, the thing is like I authorized the payment, so I like tried to fucking flag the payment with PayPal, but they're like, "You authorized this, dude," and I was like, "I know, but I want it back. I want it back. I changed my mind. Turns out I'm dumb." Well, guys, turns out I'm dumb. Did you know it from this whole podcast so far? Um, We have a really great episode today with my friend Rocky Parhito. He is a filmmaker, uh, critic, uh, comedian, improv comedian, um, improviser. Yeah, just like a really thoughtful, uh, kind, cool guy. Um... Yeah, if you like Chuck Klosterman, I feel like Rocky Parhito is Chuck Klosterman, but for my life. And for your life, you know? Um, yeah, just like a, um, Rocky loves movies. So, you know, we talk a lot about movies. We talk a lot about Catholicism because we went to Catholic school together. And, uh, we talk about relationships, art criticism oh boy guys all the good stuff the nova darlings are playing a concert on august 14th at the moroccan lounge it's gonna be fucking sick make sure you come that's all guys podcast time here we fucking go don't get scammed (laughs) christ in heaven Rocky, good theme song. What's up, man? Hey, dude. What'd you say? That's such a good theme song. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Oh wait, shit! I think I have reverb on you right now. Oh my! Do you hear that? Thanks for meeting me in my cavern. <laughs> I'm outside the cavern. You're deep <laughs> in the cavern. Please, yeah, uh, don't come in yet. Oh um, no, I'm... this is a, this is nuts. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Jesus Christ! I'll Mac go let go. I thought I really had it all together too. Like I right, you're all prepared. Don't save. Okay. You knew I was coming. Okay, that's no, all good. Hello, hello. Now this should be it. Oh yeah. Now I'm in a room full of egg crate. Okay, I'm throwing you up a little bit. Jesus Christ, what a start. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. How are you, dude? Dude, I am all right. I am alive, and that's weird. Yeah, yeah. being alive is very odd. Yep. You a Neutral Milk Hotel fan? Oh, 100%. That yeah. album is... Uh, <laughs> how strange it is. <laughs> how strange it is to be anything at all. Heck yeah, I think that was, my, that was my senior quote in high school. No kidding. What was your senior Mine quote? Mine was a quote from The Life Aquatic that they missed, uh, they, mixed, they messed up, they messed it up. Classic of them. Yeah. What was the quote? The quote was, um, <laughs> embarrassingly, no, 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 I, I kind of like it still, is, um, this is an adventure, um, and uh, I believe they <laughs> put instead, there is an adventure, which I guess <laughs> is nice in its own way too, you know? There's an adventure out there, Maybe. Who knows? Am I on it right now? I don't know. (laughs) 
That is, I don't know, then you're kind of outside of the adventure. Yeah, exactly. It's like, am I, you know, like, what am I doing now? Is this, is this not worthy of, of journey or of growth or whatever? Yeah, they really fucked up your... Uh your prepositions, man. Yeah, it's like the last chance to just to make a mark or something. But no, they uh, they they mixed up the words a little bit. But whatever. It's I okay. think that's probably the last time we saw each other. Question. You know, probably possibly. Yeah, probably possibly. I'm trying to think. Um, it's weird. Um, haven't kept a lot of contact with a lot of people from high school. And I mean, I, you know, it's why. I, I guess you know. I, it just depends. Yeah. Certain people come in and out of your life. You True. Know? I, I guess I'm still like you know recovering from the idea of like oh we're gonna spend so much time together and then all of a sudden like yeah entirely new environment does that bum you out or excite you slightly it's a thing i've been thinking about a lot recently um just you know like uh emotional investment and uh love and whatnot right yeah yeah it's a weird thing to to consider it feels like it's appropriate for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are happy and sad things exactly yeah (laughs) and then we can talk about those things i mean it's weird because all relationships are finite yeah you know but some certainly feel more finite than others (laughs) yeah it's true especially now as an adult i whatever you want to call uh being in your mid-20s um you kind of do get the sense when you meet new people it's like okay i know the level of investment i can put into this or not yeah I someone called me Matt the other day and I was like, sure. They're like, is it Matt? And I was like, I just want to pet your dog, so I'll just be Matt for this next thirty You're seconds. Role play Matt for a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing a lot of role playing of Matt yeah. at coffee shops and such. So that's a common thing. Wow. Yeah. That's hard. Huh. Do you get a rocky miss misheard? You know, I. I, I I get very self conscious when I say my own name for some reason. Like I have a, like like a speech tick all of a sudden. For so sure. I say it as slowly as possible. Um, or I haven't had to go by my real name uh, really yet. What's your real name? My real name's Eduardo. Eduardo. I did or, not know or that. Ed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, not Whoa. a lot of people do. Yeah, it's my one card trick. <laughs> if I'm at, like you know with people who know me slightly, I can always bump that out and be like, hey, guess what? Not the real me. Is that your coffee shop order name? Uh, no, I, I still go by Rocky. Um, although the only, the one time that someone's missed, messed it up, um, I've like, uh, remembered very deeply because I thought it was so funny is I was at a fat burger once and I said, my name was Rocky and the cashier thought my name was Ronky. Ronky. And I said, no, it's Rocky. And he says, all right, Ronky. As if it was weird and he, he was correct <laughs> still. And then he later called my order for Ronky, and he still was weirded out by the name. Incredible. Yeah. A raunchy donkey. Exa- oh, wow. Ronky. That's, that, I feel like that should be like, if I get like a caricature of me done at the Venice, like, here, <laughs> should be my face on a raunchy donkey of some sort. I feel like a donkey by default seems raunchy. That's the unfortunate thing for donkeys is that their brand has been so tarnished, I think, yeah. being related to... Honestly, <laughs> poor donkeys have yeah. been such a victim of this liberal media. It's liberal media and <laughs> Eddie Murphy. And it's, it's all they have to deal with. It's messed up. Um, did you go to school after high school? Kind of immediately, yeah. Um, I got waitlisted to all the schools I wanted to go to because I hate testing. And it's the worst. Signing up for college was like the most traumatizing experience somehow. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I remember being very bummed out that whole time. For sure. And yeah. I hear 
kids, like sibling, younger siblings of Total. kids talk about it or whatever. And I just remember, I like, because it's so far removed at this point yeah. where I'm just like, that was such a shitty thing. <laughs> that sucked it's so much. It's such a bad mental space to be in. Just, it really, there's that constant looming stress of like, am I enough? How yeah. will I quantify my worth for, to show everyone? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, it really is like all of a sudden, oh, you, the depressed teenager, have to think about your like exact level of worth and depression that you're already dealing with. Yeah. And then like, imagine being an adult. And it's uh, certainly the nightmare that we all thought it was, I think. <laughs> For sure. Were yeah. you depressed in high school? Did you have depre- Do you have depression? Um, I, 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 I have. I've, I've dealt with depression. I, I yeah. don't know how to quantify it, really, without it being, right. like, false or something. But, you know, yeah, I... Level eight. Exactly, depression. yeah. Got, I'm, I'm truly, you know, a novice. <laughs> no, I would say in high school I was, I was certainly, like, a... I think it's a weird term now, or it like has a little more value to it. But I was a bit of a sad boy in yeah. high school, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very kept Same to here. kept to myself a little bit. Yeah, I, I listened to the show a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no. So I, Precious. it's fun. That's the most interesting thing about the show is that, and also I guess just in general, like maybe media about high school and stuff. But I could imagine we were all very sad at that time, even though that we were all very outward and yeah. kind of forced to mingle and do things and pretend right. it was all okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, we didn't hang out too much outside of improv, yeah. uh, which we were in together. And, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel bad, but also I think it's kind of beautiful in a kind of tragic way that like we were all dealing with the same shit, but just no right. one wants to talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what the, the disease of depression is, you know, sure. like makes you want to not share and like isolate and shit. You I, know, I'm still confounded that my brain is so against me in a weird way. Yeah. In like a very subtle kind of way. Like even when I, I've been to therapy, um, recently, I need to find a new therapist actually for yeah. insurance purposes. The Word. last guy was fine, yeah. but, um, that's such a, <laughs> like, it's so hard when you're depressed yeah. to mm-hmm. then like, Oh, then you have ha- solve this administrative riddle. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a with your hands tied behind your a back. cruel perfect game to be yeah. dealing with yeah um so uh, i need to get a new one but in my previous sessions yeah. it's been weird to think about yeah h- how much like part of my brain is just trying to think on the bad side even though that's not factually what's out there you know just, yeah yeah. It's a crazy meta experience, like evaluating what your brain is doing right and wrong, yeah. you know, because then yeah. you have to have some sense of like some like what's watching your brain like that. What's that consciousness? Ooh. And then just like <laughs> being like, oh, just doubt all of it. Yeah. That's why other people can just be the key. Yeah. Fact, reality and uh, delusion. I, th- I think delusion has been a thing I've been thinking about a lot recently, too. It's like, yeah. what can we truly convince ourselves of? Yeah. And I think a lot is possible, honestly. And unfortunately, yeah. I mean, yeah, that can work on a very macro scale. Yeah. Like when yeah. you see people that you, in your opinion, are like really just fucking up the world. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. You, you got to think that they're like they're thinking to themselves, I think I'm killing it. <laughs> And they kind of are in an unfortunate way. Like, right. they're naturally doing very well. Um, yeah, I. it's such a weird thing to think about. Because also there's, like, the sad factor of, like, like you know, I don't want to maybe get too labeled, but, like, kids of those people or in those circles, you know? It's right. like, oh, shit, they're, like, born into... Yeah. This kind of thing that... Baron Trump. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about Baron Trump. I, I love the... How not, much sympathy does he deserve? <laughs> yeah. You know? Truly. I More mean, than like maybe Eric. 
Yeah. Or oh, Don Jr. For sure, yeah. He's got a little more space in there for, yeah. for redemption. Yeah. It like, is it is so similar to uh like Bowser and Bowser's children. <laughs> <laughs> like you have Bowser Jr. Yeah, the Koopa kids. And then I, you, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of sympathy for Larry <laughs> Ludwig. <laughs> Are those actual names of Bowser's kids? I wanna I? say that well, they're playable characters in Mario Kart. Sure. And I assume that they are Bowser's kids. I can imagine. <laughs> I want to say Larry Ludwig. God, there's got to be some other ones. I just like there's always one like like father's name, Junior, and then everyone else has to get other names. Yeah. After that, they were like, "Come on, Nintendo." Yeah, got to pull through. Yeah, and start with L's, I guess. Larry Ludwig. Yeah, but Baron, what a what a mystery. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. He's like he's got a lot. Uh, if on the path to being a good, not fucked up person. He's got a lot of obstacles. Yeah, he was hit pretty hard in the face as soon as he was born, I'd say. You yeah. Know? It's like, that's just what you're stuck with. And yeah. I mean, there's another thing I've been talking about in therapy is like uh, being raised Catholic. And, yeah. And the, some of the stuff that that does to you. Yeah. What's yeah. your experience with that, Ben? I, thinking about it uh, back on, just like we, we talked about. It's so interesting because you have like the religion itself, and yeah. then you have like the institutions, and then yeah. you have like an individual faith practice. The people, exactly. Yeah, or yeah. like a sub community. Exactly. And like there's so much to parse out there that can be a problem and that can be oh, yeah. helpful. And like it's really just yeah, fucking I, wild. I, wild I, ride. It, it <laughs> Especially really is. pairing that with high school and like Oof. the authority and all Definitely. of it is just yeah, and fucking it, nuts. <laughs> It's a lot to untangle, and that's like the yeah. the crazy thing about like sitting down for therapy is like, oh wow, there's so much to unpack and then just kind of straighten out and look at in a line. It can be pretty overwhelming, yeah, at times. Absolutely, when you're like, this, that's the mountain I have to climb. Oh, yeah, back to bed for me. <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> Other coping mechanisms. Here I come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What what was there? Like, how did you start going to therapy? Was it like a thing where you're like in the back of your mind was like, I should probably do that at some point. It was always a thing I I, I knew I kind of had to do. In college, I took um, like these student provided um, like therapists. I yeah. did like four sessions. Hell yeah. And they were good. And but I was, you know, I didn't follow through with it really. And at the time it was I was in a relationship and like uh, worrying about a lot of stuff in that. So, yeah, for sure. I didn't get into any deeper personal issues or anything like that i am moving away from the mic to burp i've given you a carbonated drink this is a bold uh, <laughs> undertaking i've decided I've asked to... you to speak on yeah. the microphone it's good it's fine um therapy's wild because it's like yeah. just the perception of it because it's like if you tell people you have a personal trainer they're like this dude cares about their body like <laughs> sick yeah and if you exactly. tell people you have a therapist like why isn't the reaction just like this dude cares about their heart and mind. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. all this, there's all this other yeah. shit that comes with it. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, uh, you know, been very emotionally aware. Um, not right. maybe like successfully so for the longest time, but like mm. I've always thought about my emotions. Right. Um, as a kid, I was very emotional yeah. in high school uh, before then even. I guess mainly in high school because I went to a different high school than all of my friends from middle school and elementary oh, really? school. Yeah. Were you close with that crew? Pretty close. Still am. More so than the people oh, really? I actually went to high school with, were, which is funny. Were they yeah. people you were like growing up with? and Kind of, yeah. Yeah. What was that? Can you paint the picture of that time in your life for me? Oh, God, yeah. Um, so I, it 
it's uh, it's little old me. Um, I'm 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 a little chubby kid. Um, going to uh, the movies a lot, getting picked up by my friends' parents and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Just a series of living rooms and basements and bedrooms and yeah. PlayStation twos and Game Cubes. And <laughs> what were the movies and and games that were? Let's getting you stoked as hell. Oh as a God! Kid. So I'm gonna let's let's just kind of like make the list here. It's funny uh, when let's do it. when Boyhood came out, I was like, they're kind of nailing this in a very dark way, right? But even the soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah, like was, Flaming Lips in there, and then yeah, like, uh, God, yeah, um, Black Keys were like kind of coming out at the time. Yeah, and like Vampire Weekend, Vampire and Weekend, and like Early Kings yeah. of Leon stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Is, uh, these are on my playlist. <laughs> exactly. Uh, dark Knight, Pineapple Express. That was a big one. I remember my friends and I trying to sneak into that midnight and us getting turned away from the door pineapple express yeah and then i walked in uh, by myself the day after and watched it on my own i thought hurricane season was over (laughs) i need to watch that again because i have not seen it since i've uh since i've started smoking marijuana in college i feel like that would probably have a lot more to you know for me to gain from yeah exactly (laughs) that that was i remember when i first started smoking that i was like oh man there's so many movies i gotta watch (laughs) (laughs) a new genre of humor that i'm now part of the party oh yeah (laughs) definitely but uh yeah i mean it was just a bunch of pop culture obsessed weirdos on the internet (laughs) like yeah just all hanging out running around and then um yeah i remember you had a an MD TV show, which oh, was yeah. the closed circuit <laughs> video announcement series at our high school. Yeah, our, our high and school. And that is maybe a... how I interacted with you most was seeing you on that. I think that's how everyone probably saw me the most. If yeah. not on like marching band or something like right. that. Oh, I, I was, didn't know you were in marching band. Yeah, I was running around a little bit. Yeah. Forgive me for not knowing that. It's okay. What it's did fine. you play in the marching band? Freshman year, I was the bass drum too. <laughs> nice. Uh, which is actually more complicated than I expected because I love that instrument and the bass drums because you're doing like syncopated rhythms together so it's like if someone had four buttons they're playing like a piano or like frets on a guitar yeah but if they're four individual people (laughs) so i had to imagine like every other beat to kind of hit to make make the arpeggios work and whatnot for sure i'm sure the bass drums too doing a lot of the downbeats that type of stuff bass drum too and as clumsy as it was it was still you know pretty fun uh sophomore year uh i did drum set because we did earth wind and fire whoa yeah that's some fucking serious drum set it was it was (laughs) fun it was some funky fun stuff um and then junior year i did not march i but i was in the percussion ensemble and i played the uh they're called tenors they're like the four drums and you're like marching around with the four drums and Word. Not, yeah are they snare drums they're uh they're toms basically okay they're like a bunch of high-tuned toms yeah and um they had like a tiny little tom that was so high pitched that it basically sounded like a snare right yeah um and then senior year i just did jazz band Nice. Yeah. And so what that, were those like worlds like? I thought that was a an environment I never really tripped yeah. around in. Um it was its own like, you know, ecosystem of people that you kind of like would really know for the like for four years. Because yeah. I started freshman year and I'd see everyone and also their little siblings joining as freshmen when those people are seniors right. and stuff. So you'd see a lot of legacies kind of going in and out. For sure. There's parent politics. There's trips to go on. There's Wild. teacher politics. It was yeah. very, very bizarre. Friendly um, times? Mostly, yeah. I got along with the percussion kids a lot. I, I you know, I, I was desperate to fit in, so <laughs> yeah. I, I did my best. Same. But, I mean, I think I found my own way and like my own weird version of confidence when... I Word. started doing MDTV junior year. Yeah. yeah. So what? How? Because I remember you doing a lot of like movie review stuff. Yeah, I tried doing movies a lot. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, that's I'm, sick. Still kind of do. I I uh, I I write for this website slash 
online magazine called uh, Merry-Go-Round Magazine. A bunch of great kids from Chapman. Um, they really run their own ship. Uh, and I review movies and video games for them occasionally. Oh, yeah. Some TV shows, too. What are some yeah. of the last reviews you did? Last reviews I did, it's been like a year since I've reviewed stuff. So the last things I remembered reviewing were the Captain Underpants movie, which uh, weirdly fucking rules. Yeah? <laughs> I recommend for everybody. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, there's a Denzel Washington movie called Roman J. Israel Esquire, which Whoa. is really fucking weird, but also pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah, I gave it a negative review at the time, but it's, I kind of liked it more over time. Yeah, how often does that happen, where you write a review and then your thoughts change? Um, I would say, I guess kind of often. It's either like it just kind of solidifies, or I get like a higher opinion of it after thinking about it yeah, more, you know? Um, for I, sure. I like reviewing, I like talking about movies and writing about them, but reviewing them kind of makes me nervous because I feel like I have to have an opinion that's like solidified at a certain point. Right, yeah. But I, I kind of do like letting movies kind of settle. It's like that's part of the relationship with art in general, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any notable like 180s you did? Um, That's a good question. Um... I, I think there are. I just have to like think a little bit longer on that one. No worries. But uh, I remember. <laughs> the, the thing that's a funny thing about our um, generation is that uh, with movies like Step Brothers, is that we like you know over over loved them, you know, and then right. like uh, to a certain degree, culture kind of changed back oh, on them. Right. Yeah. But then it kind of turned back around the other way. So I did a full three sixty on Step Brothers. Right. So now I went from like being like this is amazing to like god everyone loves this I'm, I, I kind of don't like it anymore yeah you've back heard to, every quote a million times exactly but then back to oh this is truly amazing yeah <laughs> and maybe a very very good and nearly perfect movie for what it is did you see Holmes and Watson I did not I did not either yeah which is a, a bummer that it, company's done apparently oh no Gary Sanchez is kind of closing up shop which is the, what company is that that's Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's company oh so that started with Funnier Die yeah Funnier Die is like its own thing now so okay. like they're basically independently run but like starting with uh this weird little danny mcbride movie called the foot fist way um oh. that company existed then it gave us all the will ferrell movies like Whoa. yeah everything else that kind of came from there was that show that was amazing uh american vandal came from uh, um from that company too i believe I don't know that show. yeah it's on netflix it's amazing I yeah i recommend it yeah word um, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff came from there and, uh, it's over, which is weird. That is it's wild. part of our, <laughs> our, our childhood, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Man, we're yeah. touching on so many cool things. I know, just um, jumping around. I love it. That's what yeah. the show is. Yeah, um, I, I love it. What were you saying about, uh, I think you had more to say about, uh, Catholicism mm -hmm. and like unpacking that in ways that it has affected you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to throw my parents under the bus too much or anything like that, but my therapist would talk about, um, the many ways that the tenets of Catholicism uh, can lead to some personalized rules and manipulation to a certain degree. Yeah, for it, sure. It's, I mean, emotional manipulation, I guess, is a way of... Of others or of yourself? Of, of, you know, myself and others and how that kind of ties to, like, I don't know. It was very... Uh, this conversation was deeply rooted in, like, talking about, like, temper issues or, right. like, like, you know, like, feeling like needing to cry and like be out there with your emotions and whatnot. Right. And what, I guess what that kind of imp 
applies. Like if you're like the way we talked about it was like if you're outwardly angry towards somebody, you're trying to show them that they are responsible for your emotions. And that was kind of a mm. weird head trip for me because I mean, my parents were are great and they never, you know, right. It wasn't too bad or anything like that, but yeah. It's just weird to think about what emotional confrontation means. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. How does the religious aspect play into that. I guess just like, you know, um, I had to do a lot of Catholic things. Like I had right. to do like Bible school and oh, okay. all this kind of stuff. And I kind of resented it a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Understandably. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think as a result, there's a lot of tension with that kind of thing. And For so sure. f- uh, from that within family, it leads to me being kind of a um, distanced, <laughs> angry kid. Right. In certain For moments sure. of my life. There's a lot of control. Yeah. In that. I think that's the word. Yeah. And also just the like, like the notion of confession is very interesting. Yeah. You know, and like in a way, I mean, like, I guess I can think of it now as like, I don't know, there are like cooler interpretations, I'm sure. But on the ground, it is often just this like shame fest. (laughs) 2012. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get your wristband yet? Uh, <laughs> VIP. Going to weekend too. Um, yeah. And I think it's bizarre because it is the the Catholic version of therapy in a weird way. Like right. it, it is this catharsis of some sort. Exactly. And like let this go. Yeah. Like surrender it and exactly. move on. Yeah. But I think the shame thing is a huge part of what I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that's kind of the, the bulb that hit me when you yeah. said that. Like, it is a matter of, like, what is right and what is wrong. And if yeah. you're doing these things, you're wrong. And right. even though I don't know that you're doing them personally, whoever that is, the parent or God right. or whatever, you should feel bad about doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Or thinking that kind of thing. That was the part that always really bummed me out. Mm-hmm. And I would love to, like, talk to some scholar about why that's <laughs> actually sick or something. Yeah. And not, so I'm, like, ready to be wrong. But <laughs> there are, like, a lot of those prayers that started with like in better words but just like mm-hmm. oh boy oh boy did i <laughs> fuck it up this time god and i was just like this is written for me already yeah like i just yeah. started like how do you know what i've been up to yeah exactly <laughs> what more- if i nailed it yeah, i'm doing great but i'm a piece of shit i'm so sorry yeah there's god. like a lot of that like the okay here's your script <laughs> ready <laughs> You suck. Go. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Remember, you suck. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, man, like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bummer. It's, it uh, was kind of weird to think about. I had yeah. a, a crisis of faith, like, sophomore year of high school, I remember. Yeah. Were you raised, like, did did you believe in God? Do you believe in God? With no judgment, of sure. course. Oh, yeah. No. Um, I believed in God. Um, I don't as much now. I'm more of an agnostic than an atheist. Same here. Um, but I think about it a lot. Yeah. And all the time. Um, Me too. And I think as a result of being exposed to that much of it, like it really does. Absolutely. Has like affected my worldview. Yeah. No, it's certainly a part of you. Like it's hard to escape. Yeah. Mm. Pardon me. Um, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was weird to kind of have a, crisis of faith and then how did it manifest like i think it was just like 
getting to know, like, you know, meeting kids in high school and stuff, you have so many different perspectives and personalities and whatnot. Yeah. And um, also combined with the internet, you just kind of learn about the bigger world out there. Right. And uh, I think at some points a seed was just planted in my head that maybe what I've been taught and raised my whole life is not the thing. Right. Possibly it's not the thing. Yeah. And, um, I think that, that freaked me out for, like, yeah. very deeply. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but I think I got it like by, by senior year, I was feeling a little bit better about it, but yeah, I think also part of it is I was feeling bad for feeling that way because it's like, no, of course not. It's gotta be what you've been learning about this whole time. That's also the part that I've, I've like learned that this is not ubiquitous among like, I don't know if it's specifically a Catholic thing, Mm -hmm. but it was my experience with like how I was exposed to it. Sure. But just sort of like the like admonishment of skepticism, sure. you know, yeah. which like I feel like in in a maybe a more woke spiritual practice is celebrated and invited and being like, yeah, we should we should fucking take these ideas to task and yeah. really like if they're worth their salt that they're they'll survive and they'll stand on their own yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's this sort of like you shouldn't be thinking too hard about it you should just kind of like if you are you're annoying and like you should kind of just like will you just, just go with this sh- so we can up. so we can get to the next part you know yeah and i think for a lot of like and at, at the time i think i was in a closed-minded way being kind of angry and upset sometimes for sure sure but i think that there should be room for skepticism and debate and like, i think it's only healthy yeah and i think to squash that out of kids is Sh- like shitty yeah. shitty to do yeah, it's kind of kind of dark to do yeah 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 i had one teacher at that school mrs novak and um she gave me a book um that was about being young and skeptic and like thinking, that's cool thinking about being catholic and all that kind of stuff and how to be a, how to lead a good life with catholic and jesuit tenets regardless of like believing in everything and right like, yeah like the secular value yeah kind of, exactly yeah like the yeah. actual moral outward kind of world experience kind of thing yeah and i always appreciated that and, um I, there were some yeah you know catholic school wasn't all like you know fire and brimstone no, no. and there were like some real people that were like true warriors of like radical love yeah. and generosity Absolutely. Like, we're really trying to learn how to be better through this, like, system of ideas. Yeah. And it was like, that was so sick. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, yeah. And that's why I'm like, you know, oh, I I kind of have that one layer of, like, uh, respect is a weird word, but more just kind of, like, understanding with Catholicism. Yeah. And, like, when you meet other Catholics That I don't think we would have had, or I don't think I would have had. Probably not. If other, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of bad press out there that Absolutely. isn't necessarily wrong, but yeah. isn't, isn't necessarily representative of sure. Everybody's, you know, yeah. it's experience. A, it's with like it. a survivor's understanding or something like that. Yeah. In its own way. Yeah. Which definitely, definitely help. I, I wonder because I, I have these like deep embedded things from that time, sure, like, yeah. uh, good things and bad things. Um, but one of them, regardless of whatever my rational mind can convince me of, is a true fear of the devil <laughs> on a yeah. fundamental level. Absolutely. Where I will yeah. like not think about it or outwardly like make decisions based on that. But if there's like a horror movie that has sure. to do with the devil yeah. or like 
someone tells me that there's a ghost around or something. Like I have like a <laughs> very on a very like my lizard brain is like, oh fucking shit. Yeah, oh, the devil is coming. He's gonna fucking murder us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like I think that is just in me for like no matter I don't think I can get that out of me. It's stuck in there. I, I I'm with you. But what's funny for me is like it's like that plus the opposite is true, which is like I kinda look at like Catholic art and imagery sometimes with a little bit of like a yeah. tinge of, of fear kind of. Totally. It's like it's a little creepy. Yeah. Because there's like and kind of, yeah. part of me is like likes that. It's like a little oh, turned totally. on by that. I'm like, fuck, this is like intense and sick. <laughs> like I'm fucking yeah. into it. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's just it's just gonna be like that's inherently as an aesthetic that we're like familiar with and have this understanding of the gravity of it and like what it truly means emotionally to the people who've created it, the culture that it's come from and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. Yeah. And especially like when it comes up in other parts of culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a it's like a flavor you can cook with or something. Exactly. It shows yeah. up in a folk song or something. You're like, word. Yeah, I get kind of with yeah. this. <laughs> One of my favorite artists is the Mountain Goats, and that yeah. man is deeply Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> in a crazy way, and um, I I just kind of vibe with that very deeply because I I know where a lot of the emotions are coming from and where the like right. guess, spiritual core is coming from with his music and lyrics. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so sick. At the same time, I think a lot of like, like speed metal and doom devil stuff is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like they, to subvert that and like, yeah, fucking almost like reclaim the mm-hmm. like. I yeah, I had like a devil poster on my wall for a while. Amazing. And then I like got really, my my one friend who was like a very genuine sure. Christian. It really made her upset. Sure. And I, so I was like having this whole kind of uh, like, I'm like, yeah. oh no, that's like my way of saying like nothing is sacred, everything is sacred, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love the kind of philosophy. But no, it's true. That's like, that's truly kind of what that feels yeah. like it's about. You and then know? I forget that some people are like, that would be the equivalent of me having like a swastika <laughs> or something, being yeah. like, oh, this is the, the embodiment of hatred yeah. and it is, pain and violence. It and is like, the bad thing, like in yeah. their entire worldview. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I'm like, oh, like I can I can sit here and debate this person for however long, but they're going to leave here sad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like maybe I don't want to make my friends sad. Who wins? Who truly wins there? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I have to be so bad. Will go. you excuse me for <laughs> yeah, a couple of course, yeah. seconds? I might go after you, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited because it came up organically. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it, it's I, also in the bathroom. Now. I'm glad that you, that came up for you. Like from what I've said, that yeah. Was a good, as you said, organic kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a beautiful fucking album. It really is. And I had someone. Uh, I was. I was like. I I had was I was dating this girl mm-hmm. like very briefly, sure. casually, and she came over and she was like, "Huh, like you still have this neutral milk hotel poster up?" Uh. And she did like this was early into us knowing each other, so mm-hmm. she was kind of saying like, "Isn't that for <laughs> children? <laughs> Isn't this for babies?" <laughs> yeah, or something like that. And yeah, I was yeah. there was a moment where I was just like, "Oh, like I have no desire to outgrow." Neutral Milk Hotel. No, really, no. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think it's a kind of universal and timeless kind of thing, man. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. 
Uh, even as just as a plain old rock album, I think it is yeah. just too much fun to drop. Like I think, yeah, like, and just musically, I still am fascinated by the production and the sounds and the speed of that thing. Yeah, yeah. and like the haunting lyricism, like Whew. just continues to grow and mystify me. Absolutely, yeah. And I think anything that feels that raw <laughs> should yeah. be celebrated, even totally. if it is kind of like a, a meme at this point. You right, know? and even if it is just me connecting with what like a um, time of life where I was a lot more emo, sure. that has value. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, yeah. But I'm also still, you know, I'm still that way in so many ways. I think that's always, we're always going to be that way in a weird... In are a weird... there things that you have outgrown that you were like all about that are just like, you're like, <laughs> okay, I get it, I was into that, but like I'm just, I don't, I don't want to listen to this right now or watch this. Or... I don't know, man. It's like I, I've kind of found myself deeply engaging with my own nostalgia a lot recently. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, which, I mean, might be a, a symptom of my own depression and the things I'm going through in my life, but I, I, yeah. tr- I try to treat it as a sort of like um, a self-reunion in a weird way. Just, right. Just trying to atone for who I am, who I've been, and who I'm going to be. Right. And uh, that can be kind of a hard, heady thing. But if I'm just like, you know, like I think about the one thing that is kind of something I could outgrow theoretically, I would suppose is ska music. Right. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> I still deeply appreciate and enjoy yeah. the the fun and even the emotionality of a lot of the bands that I listened to in high school. Right. You know, like um, it, it's kind of like the same way of like, pop punk as a genre you know like melodically it's still like a very beautiful and sincere thing and like um lyrically a lot of my favorite bands have a very similar kind of emotional uh i guess intention with their music Mm -hmm. i've kind of i noticed patterns with that kind of stuff so even all the way back to like middle school and even stuff i liked when i was in elementary school yeah and all all tracks yeah yeah and i still like the beastie boys so i mean that's never gonna go away i think (laughs) Yeah, man. I feel like thinking too hard about it would would get inauthentic pretty quickly. Yeah. You started to think about, like, what should I like? Uh. <laughs> Discovering new things to like is such a weird, difficult adventure because I think the more you yeah. the deeper you dig, at least for me, the more I'm, like, trying to, like, hold on to what was behind me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I uh, This year I started off, I think every year for the past four years I've tried to do the, uh, all right, I'm going to watch one movie every day thing. Yeah. Uh, first year I tried it, I got, like, 216 in. That's like, incredible. That's not bad. It's pretty damn good. I want to yeah. say maybe I've seen that many movies in my whole life. Yeah. I mean, for a normal person, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that's a good amount of movies. Well, how are you deciding which movies to watch? So that was where it became fun for me. I was uh, yeah. like, in a weird organized nerd kind of way where I was like, okay, I love I'm, I'm going to try and get something international, get uh, like make a whole list of movies made by women so I can watch all of them like, right. once a week or something like that. Um, watch an old movie, then watch a new movie and then watch, um, you know, just I would always right. bounce around. I was so you to had find this it. like sort of like historical historian sort of like, hey, I really want to appreciate film in general. Yeah. That's sick. I love context in a very crazy way. So I, I, I tried my best. Um, and this year I got like 50 or 60 or in or so or something like that. But when I'm like in it, I'm like trying my best to try and see all aspects of the world and people. It's a, it's a universal art form. So, yeah. Yeah. What's like the last movie you saw that like blew your, blew your shit? Blew away? my shit. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm on my phone. Consult, yeah, consult, the, list. consult the list. Uh, this year, oh, the movie that like really blew me away <laughs> was The Beach Bum. What? I know nothing of it this It is a film. movie. Have you heard of Spring Breakers? 
Okay, was that the like art house? Yeah, Harmony film? Corinne, where it's like uh, like it's like the Disney Channel like stars and like engaging in debauchery in like I South think I Side remember Florida. Here, was James Franco? James in Franco this, plays in a riffraff ripoff in it. Yeah, okay, very weird. I remember hearing about this. movie. Sure. Yeah, uh, the Beach Bum is the same director. It stars Matthew McConaughey as a like this weird poet laureate type of guy, but he's also a absolute drunkard and a literal beach bum. Like he just kind of wanders around Florida drinking, partying, doing drugs, just like really living a nihilistic but joyous kind of life. Yeah. And the movie is very philosophically ingrained in that perspective. So it's a joyous comedy, even though it kind of like touches upon the ideas of like death and the things that leaves behind within us. And, and like, you know, the people surrounding that person who died, um, what we leave as a legacy, how do we love our family? You know, uh, what is like, it even touches upon things like capitalism and what it means to be, yeah. a, you know, just, it, it's very, weirdly universal and American. It's a deeply American movie, but mm. it's like a jackass style comedy about weirdos in Florida doing crazy shit and just enjoying life. Yeah. And it, it, it really got me going in a, in a crazy way. How do you watch movies? Like, do you watch movies by yourself? Do you watch them? Yeah. Mostly by yourself. So I, I love going to the movies with people. I think that for, I know for a lot of people, like the discussion of like, would you watch a movie on a first date? I get the idea that like, you know, it's two people not engaging for two hours and then like a little bit afterward. But uh, for me, it's a, I don't know. I think it's a great way to kind of crack into oh, yeah. discovering another person and right. talking about certain things. Like uh, the person I'm seeing right now, our second date was to a movie and it was like one of my favorite dates ever because yeah. we were pr- pretty deeply, uh, I guess, engaged with each other because that's of sick. The movie and yeah, how we responded. Yeah, in, a, like in one way you're not engaging with each other, but in a one way you're both engaging with the same thing. Exactly, and there's a communion in that, and you kind of create this energy between you. Yeah, yeah. But, but boy, I love watching movies by myself. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an undeniable religious experience for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I was in like high school and middle school, I would walk down from my house to the movies and then like wait for my parents to pick me up. So I'd just like either go to Starbucks after the movie or go to the gym or eat lunch by myself. Right. Write a review because I was a little blogger. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. But yeah, that, going to the movies by myself is uh, is a very sacred practice. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's great. Because you don't have to explain it to anyone. Ooh, worrying about <laughs> if someone else is liking a thing that you're, right. you're, yeah. you're showing them is <laughs> one of the worst anxieties ever. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, not the, but one of the. Like, it's, it's, yeah, for sure. It's, especially if it's something that you really, really love. Like, yeah. Like I've tried showing like some of my favorite movies to people and like I, I just have, I can't even enjoy the movie. I yeah. just find myself being totally. like, what are they thinking about this? Do they like me because of this? Or, right, like, What does exactly. it say about me if this yeah. is my favorite movie? I don't know. What? Oh. There is a crazy sound that... Is this my laptop? I think oh, so. gosh, I'm so That's sorry. Wild. I wonder why it started. I th- treat this laptop, because this is, like, not my work laptop. Uh-huh. Like, that is so funny, dude. <laughs> I was watching... Um, <laughs> Do you ever watch these Bon Appetit gourmet yeah, makes videos? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, dude, Claire, she's yeah. fucking awesome. She was she, making a Twix in this last one. I love it. I, I watched the Skittles one recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. they're they're fun video. I I love those videos. Yeah, I, I occasionally get down um, YouTube rabbit rabbit holes. Yeah, and uh, for a while I had the uh, is it binging with Babish. Uh, you've seen that guy? I've seen him guest on another Bon Appetit show. <laughs> it's Alive with Brad. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that other guy with the, the hat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. the yeah the New York guy that says Worder. 
<laughs> exactly. His videos are great. But yeah. I've seen him on there. Mm-hmm. But I haven't watched the Binging with Babish guy. They're very fun. They're, um, they're, I, I, this is like the lamest thing to say, but like in a lot of respects, I really love what YouTube has turned into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because I, I as a uh, independent creator myself, right. like, it is so it's like, oh, everyone has a TV show now. They yeah. all get to make their own TV show. There's no worry about like, yeah, if it's good enough for the company or for whatever. It's like there's an unabashed, unfiltered kind of art being made mm. uh, for the most part. It's, and if there's an audience for it, it'll be found. That's sick. Yeah. I mean, you know, very slowly but surely. Like, uh, at least that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> that's cool. I, yeah. yeah, I think very cynically about YouTube. So Dude. I like, it's good too. <laughs> right. I'll also just appreciate what the public service element is. There, yeah. I, you know, I, because I, I get the cynical side yeah. completely like as nationalism well. nationalism is on the rise. Ooh, all right, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah, like that audience found itself very right. closely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and how closely ingrained that is to stuff that I was into as a kid, like video games. Like I was a huge video game nerd. Yeah. And like online and whatnot. For sure. And a lot of that same community just like mutated into what is yeah. now the bad guy. And yeah. Yeah. For sure. Really weird to think it about. It is wild. Yeah. And you think to what degree do like the algorithms that constantly ratchet up the craziness to keep you on the website. Yeah. Like to what degree is YouTube fucking cashing in oh, on yeah. they're, they're pushing radicalization, you. you know? I, I I don't I don't not believe it. Like it's uh it's it's some scary stuff. But blah blah blah. There's also like cool people also making fun cool stuff shit making, on there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like I was like really into Vine when that was a thing and uh, yeah. all that stuff. I, I I'm I'm a sucker for social media, even though I do very blatantly see it's it's intense uh, anti worth. Yeah, in many ways, I, I should be off Twitter, uh, and I guess everything. Twitter's one that I've managed to like stave off. Yeah, good. there are times where I've like that's what everyone said. Like there are times where I'm like I gotta be on Twitter, and then I try and I like can't break through. Yeah. I I can't literally get into it. Yeah, um, and then I'm just like I don't. Everyone just seems to complain about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's part of the culture. Being on it is complaining. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. There's all, you know, like with that culture comes its own humor and all that stuff and the the joyous things that can come from such a massive hive mind like Twitter. But it is so deeply troubling (laughs) just to see how quickly everyone's communicating and thinking and changing and and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's 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 very weird to be living through that, and I can't imagine the kids that are dealing with that as their home base. You know, right. like when yeah. we were kids, being on the internet wasn't like nice of escape, right? To a certain degree, Neopets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, and just Club Penguin and all that kind of fun stuff. Yes. Uh, for me, it was World of Warcraft. And Same. Like, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Door opened. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, I used to play with my older cousin. Yeah. And uh, he would like play music. And also, we would play this game together. Mm-hmm. And we had two computers at the two different ends yep. of this hallway growing up. And we would just fucking like be night elves and yeah. fuck shit just up. And it was around, great. Dude. Yeah. And he like exposed me to the postal service at that time. Oh my God. So I like went yeah. on LimeWire as an 11 year old mm-hmm. or whatever and just got all the postal service shit. And that, that was really like. That was it for me. That was like the beginning for me. Yeah. Of like my life. It just kicked you <laughs> off. And then, yeah. And then you're going. So I have so many memories of like Ben Gibbard in this like spacey, oh. trancy vibe singing over it while I'm like fucking up some Murlocs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so beautiful. Like so sincerely, I think that's beautiful. What yeah. was your What was your World of Warcraft? I was also a night elf. 
Night nice. of Hunter. Um, for, so, like, my memories were, there was, like, two waves of World of Warcraft for me. It was one by myself in my room. Um, what was, I, I was, like, watching Adult Swim, basically, and, like, you know, listening to Beastie Boys and whatever, ska punk, like, what, No Effects was my favorite band at the time, I think. Um, and then my second wave was in high school where my friend, I'd be in his bedroom, we're watching Storage Wars, and we're listening to the Beach Boys. Word. Because <laughs> my friends were getting really into the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson at that time. So I would like kind of tertiary listen to Pet Sounds over and over again with them. Yeah. And I think Gorilla's Plastic Beach just came out at that time. These yeah. are all seminal. Uh... Yeah. Seminal album, just crucial things to listen to when you're <laughs> when you're a teenager. I, yeah, I at least in our opinions, I don't know for sure. Yeah, but what are some of the other YouTube rabbit holes you find yourself going down? Uh, so yeah, binging with Babish, and then there's this very bizarre old man uh, named Hickok Forty Five, who <laughs> is like you know he, he he's he's like a delightful. If he was your grandpa, I think people would be you know delighted by it. But his whole shtick is that he reviews guns. <laughs> Whoa. And the dude just like gleefully laughing, just like fires a bunch of guns in his weird backyard in the middle of the Midwest and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's um it's it's very weird. Also, another thing I love are old synthesizers videos. Yeah. I just love looking at old equipment and hearing the clack and the clicks and whatnot and right. everything. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't have the dexterity for um breaking down electronic music like that. My roommate is getting into it so deeply. So like, yeah. I take what musical knowledge I have as a percussionist right. and just like try and understand from what he does. And it's it's a fascinating way of communicating. I think music is such a fun language to talk about. Totally. Yeah. And modular synthesis in particular yeah. is like its own just black hole of like, totally. you know, like I could go in there and maybe never come out. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it's a, it's like the word trance is such a funny but apt thing, like as a genre, I guess, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, my favorite artist currently is Dan Deacon, and he's an electronic musician. Oh, and I've and never even heard of Dan Deacon. He's very fun. I, I'll, I'll send you a link or two after this. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because uh, he's a musician that I've gotten very like deeply lost in a lot mm. recently, just because his music is that hypnotic combined with some very sincere emotional lyricism and whatnot. Right. I, I, it, it's just kind of like the perfect ro- romance for me. But yeah, like musically, um, he goes on these weird, long electronic tangents where like there's arpeggios and just kind of like spacey like you know clicks yeah. and whistles and everything and it's uh it's a delight for the brain <laughs> hell yeah yeah i don't know what are there like cultural critics that you are like this is my guy that's a good question um i've dabbled a Person. lot yeah uh when i was into video games growing up and like was like really considering a career in like writing about video games or something like that there's a guy named jeff gersman who is he's i guess he's like the roger ebert of video games i guess he's still working too um and then for music i i, I guess i still am a fan i don't know he's kind of a weird guy but uh, anthony fantano yeah, yeah, I I enjoy his videos. Me I think, too. Yeah, he's a very funny dude. And like, I watch videos of records I've never even heard of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've like gotten into some weird stuff because of him, and it's, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. Sometimes I disagree with him. Me too. But yeah. I, he, it's always a very thoughtful. Yeah. Opinion. I think that's a very interesting level to engage in. Is like the idea of okay, so we disagree, but I can still find my own grounded love in this thing I love. You know. Yeah. Regardless, I, I think that's. Uh, I don't know. That, that's part of passion. That's, that's, right. that's worth practicing, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like him. Um, I was, I've, I've been very into like video essays as a culture for, yeah. for, for movies and TV and, and even music. 
Uh, Vox has some very, very great stuff out there. Um, they have a they have a Netflix show now, uh, and there's some good video essayists out there that I, I still like watch and appreciate. Um, I'm trying to think of any of them. There's one guy. What's named, a video essay? You don't know what they are. I don't even think I know what they are. Um, so it's basically like a mini documentary where the essayist or the, the the YouTube filmmaker explores a theme or a topic or a movie just in general and just explores it for like five to 20 minutes, depending on however you want, how, okay. how deep you want. So like a lot of, like this dude, Tony Zhao, um, makes amazing videos. He stopped. He's working for Criterion Collection right now. He would make videos about like, let's talk about the art of Jackie Chan's fighting styles. Okay. And how visually it's like, you know, like it's like a dance. It's like, you know, visual comedy. It shows you how painful each punch is because of the way he edits and shoots stuff. Like it's very in-depth, like technically educational stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's also amazing stuff out there for like music too. Like Vox has this awesome video about the song Videotape by Radiohead. Wow. And how very quietly the song, um, it's like, um, uh, what's it called? Like the like beat progression, I guess. Like the one, two, three, four. The like, BPM? Uh, BPM, exactly. The tempo? Yeah, the tempo or even just like the bars. Yeah. Um, technically start on the offbeat from what's actually playing. So when you're listening to it, you should be you should be hearing the music kind of on an offbeat instead. So you're kind of reversing the rhythm itself. Wow. And it's very weird, heady stuff, but like you see yeah. them perform it live and you see Tom York freaking out because he has to like listen to the offbeat and stuff like that. And it sounds like impossible to play. But it's uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean like video essays are just That's amazing. Independent documentaries and that's a, a right. they're a fun way to engage with the stuff that you like. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I made like three or so. Yeah. <laughs> They're hard. What did lot, you make them on? Research. I made one. So in college, I made one on Fargo, the movie, um, about like uh, who is the protagonist of that film. I made one independently, um, actually for the magazine I write for too, um, about how video games have inspired horror movies and thriller movies like currently. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like... Um, Movies like Don't Breathe or like 10 Cloverfield Lane and stuff. They have elements of video game direction in them and whatnot. So I did like a 30-minute video on Hell that. yes. <laughs> yeah. I, when I'm I, checking these out for sure. When I get passionate, I get passionate. You know? Yeah. But, uh, that yeah. Is, that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. I'm curious what you think the role of like criticism is in yeah. the world of art. It's a good question. Sure, it's a question you've been asked and contemplated many times a little bit like i've heard people talk about criticism as art as well but also art as criticism i think is even more interesting Ooh. in a certain degree like like making something your album sucks here's my album exactly yeah exactly <laughs> kind of out of a weird defiance or something for like sure that. yeah i found myself like making like when i work on a comedy piece or a film doing stuff and like as a contrarian point to something that I did not like in someone else's work right. or something that I see in like mainstream movies that I, right. I think should change or something like that. Not that I'm like doing it successfully, but it's like just something that I think about. Yeah. And There's it, like a creative yeah. criticism. I think, yeah, criticism is just part of the conversation that art has with itself. Mm. And I mean, like when we make art, we can't make it in a vacuum. It's always going to be about what we've listened to, what inspires us. Anyth yeah. Anything that I make is probably going to have a little dash of the Mountain Goats, Beastie Boys, Third Wave Ska, <laughs> like literally every little just kind of dash of paprika from my life. And that's just going to be inherently there. And yeah. it's probably going to comment on that stuff, too. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it's I think that's a beautiful element of art is that it's all almost autobiographical. 
Right. Yeah. I love that idea of the conversation of it. Yeah, in a very quiet way. It's just kind of like, it's it, it's unavoidable. You can't really make anything yeah. that's just itself. Right. Yeah. What do you... Um... Oh, I totally lost my train Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> huh. All right. I'm going to take a quick second. Yeah, sure. All good. I have garlic breath because I've been eating garlic like as a health thing. Yeah. People so, say it's cool. Is it pardon me. Um is it antioxidants that are in garlic or is Fucking that no who, who the fuck knows? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. The good thing is that garlic is good. So It's very good. Yeah, it, it, it's an amazing element to anything, honestly. I I need to learn how to cook more. It's 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 a thing that I need to make happen. If you eat a little garlic in the morning, everything kind of tastes like garlic for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not terribly mad about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think garlic even can go with sweet things to a certain degree. That's the thing is I put a little honey in the spoon oh, so wow. that I, like it can apparently like it coats it so it doesn't just like fuck up your stomach if you're just having just the garlic. That sounds like a delightfully healthy thing that also sounds like it tastes good. <laughs> it is the weirdest like honey and garlic and <laughs> yeah. it's I fucking love it. Great. It's great. That's good. Yeah. Nice. I'll have, to, I'll have to try that. Did you work on the Eric Andre show? I did. Whoa. <laughs> what was that like? It was fun to watch from the sides. Um, I was a P. No, I was an intern, actually. Basically a PA, unpaid. Uh, it, the industry's weird like that. Um, but yeah, I would like, you know, um, support the art team and like find um, like uh, props for them occasionally. I'd go to like stores and buy costumes. And then otherwise, I was just like, you know, taping up receipts, buying lunch for everybody, right. making sure everyone had coffee. I'd buy tea for Eric Andre multiple times. Yeah. Um, that was a fun season, too, because he did not shower for the entirety of the season. As part of, like, the like the the, the season's theme was, uh, it was the depression season. Um, or I guess he also based it on um, the David Lynch movie, Eraserhead. So he didn't cut his fingernails, he didn't shower, and... Um, it was it was very intense to be around him. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he also would like meditate, and he would like put aside time to meditate in his office and stuff. Fascinating. Yeah. I bought luggage for Hannibal Burris once. Really? That was fun. <laughs> what sort of direction did you have? Like just? Uh, it was very very much about size. I think he was going to some sort of comedy festival or something. But they were just like, just make sure it is like this by this dimension. And I'd like be sending pics to my boss, like, is this good? And they're like, I, sure, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Was it as, like, was there a tension on set or, like, an unpredictable, like, or were you guys, like, prepared ahead of time or my, how did that time? My favorite play thing out? about it was that the um, the second assistant director, this big dude named Eric, um, would be so deeply professional, as if he was bringing people on to Oprah or something like yeah. that. Just kind of like, like, hey, we're gonna be over here. Here's the green room. Um, Eric's gonna be talking to you in just a little bit here, and uh, everything will just kind of go off without a hitch. But they essentially played it like it was a like a prank show in a way because the whoever's guest was there, their friends were in the green room and they kind of knew that they were going to be messed around with a little bit. Right. Um, and from all the guests that I got to see uh, film, none of them, like I, I didn't get to see any of the, like the more tension filled guests right. that I've heard the lore about the freak out. Exactly. Yeah. And no, I was there for stuff that was like pretty decently, like, you know, I received like even Howie Mandel was laughing after his thing. And like, right. All of their, the guests are like, you know, excited to see their friend kind of get goofed on for a moment. Or yeah. Two. Um, my favorite thing I saw was, um, American rapper, Ninja warrior. 
<laughs> um, and it was like um, Danny Brown, Open Mike Eagle, and some other rappers. And they just had a mini Ninja Warrior course as they were blindfolded and rapping. <laughs> they had to go through it. And it was fun because everyone was just laughing and having a good time. That was just yeah. a sincere, like just joyous piece of comedy being made. Oh, wow. Yeah. Despite all the professionalism that goes around making TV shows and stuff. Right. Like that was that was the magic point that I think any artist wants to find where right. it's like raw. You're just doing the thing that you enjoy and everyone's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And finding that freedom within a structured Exactly. Yeah. If you can build up an environment where that can thrive, I think that is like a, a beautiful goal to, to to go for. That's fucking sick. It's fucking hard, but it's it was cool. When yeah. it works, it works. Yeah. Can I ask what your experience has been working on or when you worked on baskets? Yeah. That was a very good experience. Everyone was insanely supportive. Yeah. What was your role? I was an office PA, so I was basically buying everyone coffee, lunch, organizing the office, making sure it is clean, bringing stuff to and from set. So I actually got to be on set and get to see, you know, right. the people do their things and whatnot. But I mean, technically, I'm like the the glue. So like, if if like a right. certain piece of equipment doesn't make it to set or anything like that, then things are going to get slowed down. You know, uh, they have to take a break or something like that. Um, it is quietly important, but also everyone just kind of. You know, expect you to do your thing and just like just go. Right. But it was a very supportive set, so everyone was very kind to the office PAs. Um, right. The the whole production team was just very sweet. I, I liked them all. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a cool, nice experience, which is rare. I think is what is yeah. what I'm boiling it down to is that Sick. like this industry moves so fast and everyone just is, is trying to make these shows and not everyone's as passionate as the crew I got to hang out with. I don't think. Right. So I, I'm, I'm like looking back on it immediately as a thing that I, I cherish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cause making movies and TV is hard and a lot of egos are on the line. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of money too, I guess. What are you up to creatively these days? I know you like have this show that yeah, you're doing. I've been doing this uh, live stream comedy show twice a week. It's um, fucking sick. It's thank you. I, How I, did it start? I want to hear about. Yeah. It. So my what's it called? It's called Everything Now, um, like the Arcade Fire album, <laughs> which we realized like about a week or two into doing the show, but we're okay with it. Yeah. Um, it's basically it started. My roommate had he works at BuzzFeed. Um, he had been like saving up money to buy his own equipment. So he had his own camera, tripod, sound equipment, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, I was look, you know, I was just making short films at that time. I, I shot two, la three last year. Um, and then at that point we we're like, I was editing that stuff and he was just kind of hanging out and he was like, we have enough equipment to do something pretty consistently. I just don't know what it is. And for some reason, he thought of doing something on Twitch, like a, a live stream show, something we can do from our living room, uh, Wayne's World style thing, basically. Yeah. And then we kind of developed the idea very slowly but surely. And then we started like last May. And then we've been going kind of nonstop ever since, like a couple of breaks here and there. But, for sure. Yeah. Since this year's March until now, we've done two episodes every week, no stop. That's fucking sick. It's crazy and hard, but crazy. Sounds super hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like because we're putting on like mini SNL basically. And like we have like a bunch of like crappy props and backgrounds. It's all on green screen now. So yeah. it's like it has. You ever watch the Chris Gethard show? 
Yeah. Yeah. It has that kind of tinge of like punk rock lo-fi kind of like we're slapping <laughs> access. We're slapping the show together with cardboard and tape and it's still happening. But, yeah. but it is like fly by the seat of your pants kind of stuff. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. And that I, I'm I think I'm the only one who watched that show on the crew. So I'm always like, guys, you gotta check out the Chris Gethard show. It is <laughs> very much like this, and there's so many cool things in it, and it's beautiful. And so are you writing? Are you hosting? Uh we all kind of co-host and co-write and co-produce together. So like Weird. we like right now, I'm I'm sure I'll get onto the group chat after this. But like, we're talking about what our next theme is, what the characters are, uh, what guests we need, what props we need, what music we need, and that's just like every episode. We just kind of go back back to the thing, like what do we need, and to make money on the show, um, which is not unfeasible on Twitch, we have to. Um, I put it akin to like you know how when you play level of Tony Hawk Pro Skater and at the top it's like you need to get skate you need to get the high score you need to right. get uh, the, the secret tape we have unlockables in the show right. so it's like if you guys donate five bucks we're gonna launch this character into the episode oh, okay. and they're gonna wreak havoc or if you launch 20 bucks into this we're gonna go bobbing for DVDs which is a thing that we did <laughs> and failed at very miserably Word. Um, so we've been like thinking of ways to make it interactive it is a deeply interactive show I think that's what the most exciting thing about it is Word. Um, and and it's just like a bunch of goofy improv with dumb props and costumes and stuff. It sounds truly incredible. It's very freeing, and I wish yeah. I, I wish I could work on it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Any short films in the? Yeah, I I, I, shot, works? I shot three last year. I directed. Fuck yeah. Directed two. I co-directed one of those, and then I shot um, a movie that some friends of mine wrote, and so it's like a comedy, um, and then two dramas. Yeah, two dramas. Yeah, and so um, they're still being edited. Um, I have like an Emmy winning sound designer on one of them, Word. which is kind of nice. Naturally, they're busy, but um, but yeah, like you know, we're I'm, I'm just trying to I'm trying to do too many things. <laughs> full stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's been my whole my whole life since I started yeah. college. I think I've, I've always just been so excited by ideas, and right? I, I can't bear to not do any of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is your is that where your heart lies? Is in writing and directing? Yeah, kind of. I mean, now it's kind of been all over the place, but I've, I've always wanted to be like a, a Renaissance kind of guy. Like my favorite people are like there's this dude Harris Whittles who passed away. He was a a writer. Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation. Yeah, he plays. He played the champion masturbator in, in Pawnee, Indiana. I believe in that show. Um, he was writer in Parks and Recreation. Head writer for at some point. He's a drummer in a band I really love. And this he, I did not know. Yeah, he was in a band called um, Don't Stop or We'll Die, and um, that's with Paul Rust, who's the guy on Love. Oh yeah, that show. Yeah. So they're in a band together. Um, this is guy John Worcester, who was a, um, a comedian on radio. Um, he is also a drummer for Superchunk and the Mountain Goats. He writes for television, just like literally, like just doing so many things and kicking ass at it. Right. And I. That's the life I like. You know, dream about doing. Yeah. And I guess I'm technically you are doing, doing it now. It. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing I've been thinking about. I was like, oh shit, you're in a place that you wanted to be when you were in high school. Right. And you just kind of got to power through it. And, yeah. And, and, and do it. Yeah. How's this relationship going? It's good. It's good. It's been, it's been interesting because it's my first big relationship. Capital R. Capital R. And my last one was uh, pretty intense. Um, I'd say, uh, I learned, I guess I'm still learning a lot of lessons from that one. Right. And so I'm still trying to like, kind of steal myself and understand who I am as an individual so I can give my all as a member of a relationship. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, 
it's not easy always, obviously. Um, I, I, I find difficulty with myself a lot of the time. For sure. Um, as, a, as a person in a relationship. But... That's cool that you're not denying yourself. Like the, uh, Sometimes I will be like, okay, I got to sort all my shit out before, <laughs> before I dare enter into I know. any relationship. Yeah. I mean, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. We were just really excited about each other. So I, it, Incredible. It, it, it couldn't be helped. Um, but now I'm at a point, like, it's been a really crazy year. I don't know if you knew, but my mom passed away in March. I didn't know. I'm sorry it's about okay, that, man. man. No worries. Um, but, like, and uh, ever since then, it's been kind of a very... Was busy... that in the midst of your relationship? I Yeah, I wasn't... I've been... I've been in the relationship for six months at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so also I was in the middle of a job that had me working 60 hours a week. And so, and like, you know, all this creative stuff here and there. Right. So life was kind of simultaneously ground to a halt, but also like kicked into high gear. So like right. I'm like now being very conscious of my own humanity and like the things I'm doing in my life. Yeah. And the people in them and whatnot. Did you have time... To, I mean, I'm sure grieving is still evolving, but I For mean, sure. with the 60 hours a week, like... Yeah, they they were very kind. They gave me two weeks off. I, I They gave me a week off, and they said, however long you need to. And I was like, I think I want to take another one off, just so I can do, like, nothing for a little bit. Yeah. Um. So they're, they're very kind about it, thankfully. Um. I, I don't know how it would have been otherwise with any other team. Right. But, you know. Were you I, close with your mother? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wish I was closer. You know, it's like a, it's a thing Word. that I was just about ready to explore as I was like realizing that I'm becoming my own adult in a weird way. Right. So I was like, okay, I think now I'd love to get to know my mom as a, you know, fellow human being as opposed right. to this person who is take care of me you know, yeah. all the time and stuff. Um, it, it, I lived at home in college because it was very close by. So I saved a lot of money. Yeah. And, um, as a result, my mom kind of treated me like I was in high school still. And so she would like expect me home at certain times right. and shit, which was very, uh, you know, I, I did not appreciate that. Um, uh, I, sh I, I appreciate it on like a very visceral level, obviously. Right. But there are parts of me that was like, I'm fucking in college and I want to like yeah. smoke weed and drink with all my friends and, you know, do whatever I was doing at the time and stuff. So there's a little bit of tension there. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, um, I moved out pretty much because I got a job at, at BuzzFeed. Yeah. And um, so from there, it was like there was a distance and I, I, I just, you know, was like ready to grow further with her. But uh, right. you know, she got sick. She was she'd been sick for a while. Yeah. But um, and now I'm thinking about my father a whole lot. Yeah. I just saw him for Father's Day naturally. Yeah. And um, it's like I, I I as a kid had the instinct to run away a whole lot. Really. Like to not even like literally run away, but more just like really like be within myself. Right. Like, like a turtle shell of this like angry annoying kid who would just kind of be on the computer and play video games and do whatever he wanted, basically. Right. Um, I'm an only child, so I didn't really have a lot of uh, other people to engage with other than my friends. Right. So I have this weird instinct still within me that's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, like, you know, be, like, I want to take care of only myself and just kind of, like, do nothing. Um, but also part of me is, like, so yearning to be a member of my own family again. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, totally. especially in this delicate age that we're in i guess yeah. um i'm just always so aware of time and all that kind of fun stuff so right. i'm always just kind of like i gotta push myself to try harder to be a member of my family right that's but, profound 
it, it's a it's it's a hard thing to to wrestle with. But I'm, I'm glad that I'm thinking about it because, like, I don't know. Like, if I was ignorant to all of it, I feel like I'd regret it later on in life. Right. Yeah. That's also like an interesting timing in a relationship for like that sure. big of a test. Yeah. To say like, okay, like, are we gonna? Are you gonna show up for this? Like, or you know, are you? How much can I ask for you yeah. of you from this? Exactly. You know, I'm sure that that was yeah. challenging. Uh, and she was, she is so deeply supportive in a way that I almost find like unprecedented in my in my own self deprecating kind of way. Right, where you're like, what's your angle? In a, in a way, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but my you, first thought is always like, you're after my kidneys, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I possibly. Who knows? Uh, I don't know how my kidneys are, really. But uh, yeah, I, I, like she's going to say, Rocky, you're bleeding <laughs> from your <laughs> oh, back and sides. Weird. Look at that. <laughs> oh, bizarre. Don't worry about it. We'll keep going. <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, even even still so deeply supportive and looking out for me. And uh, I, I'm just trying to train myself to be a more present human being for all parties involved. <laughs> yeah. Family, relationship, all that stuff. Friends, even. Yeah. Yeah. That's inspiring as hell. Thanks, man. It's uh, balancing things in life is the, the game, I guess, as it were. And it's very hard, yeah. but uh, I don't think we stopped playing it. <laughs> yeah. It's really just like such a trip to wonder like the point of diminishing returns as far as even just like projects or something. Sure. Like when does adding something to your life take something else away? And yeah. when does the combination of things with the tide rise all ships or whatever yeah. like it can be greater than the sum of its parts and yeah i mean i i forget where i heard this recently but i i thought it was very <laughs> deeply moving but love is attention and the things that you pay attention to in life and give the most attention to are the things that clearly matter the most and mm. so i like while i'm so excited and, and engaged with all these artistic projects and how i'm getting to do what i always wanted to do I'm realizing that the ice caps are melting and that my mom passed away. And right. That, uh, you know, there's not much else left, I think. So yeah. it's like with what we have and who we have together around you, it's like, what's the most important thing and who are the most important people? So yeah, it's uh, taking stock of that kind of thing is very, very humbling. I mean, you yeah, know, it's a weird time that we get to live in. And, you know. Hey, the previous generations dealt with the nuclear bombs and the, all the fear and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I, I think about that shit a lot when because it's very easy to buy into like the fear, you sure. know, yeah, and the anxiety of the now, mm-hmm. which is like a certain. It's like yes, the ice caps straight up are melting. Yeah, like, legitimately, we, we should have a sense of urgency <laughs> about it. Yeah, but let's also remember that like. We love to talk about end times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, like our favorite shit as humans. <laughs> it's a legitimate death drive. Like we're I think fucked. We yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God, we got to go. We're so, no, now we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is such a funny thing. Because, yeah, like even with like, you know, endings, there's the thing that happens after the ending a little bit. Like what like, I think if you wanted to take that kind of mindset to. I don't know, like stories even like it's like like I love art that maybe doesn't have necessarily a happy ending, but it doesn't have a definitive ending either. You know, it kind of leaves people on notes to think about or just kind of very human moments that are like this is going to be a thing that you will remember and that you've experienced very deeply, but it is not the last thing. And it's just Mm. kind of a pivotal part of your life. Like I uh, you heard of a show called Easy. It's on Netflix. 
I think I've seen. Maybe. Yeah, it's like a it's like high maintenance with, without the weed. It's just kind of like a nice uh, human anthology story, but it's um, from this guy Joe Swanberg, who's a mumblecore filmmaker, which is like really human drama, improv heavy. Like in the in the 2000s, it was like lo-fi cameras and just like people having conversations in rooms, basically. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of his movies and a lot of like you know, the, the show Easy and whatnot are about this kind of impermanence and um, like in, indefinition, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but mm. it's like, yeah, I, as, as when I look at the stories that I want to tell and whatnot, I'm just looking at the, like the trials that we suffer as human beings and go through. Um, but like, they're just the things that we're going to go through, man. Like it's, and then there's going to be another one and another one and another one. And we're always looking at it like it's the end and it's going to be like the death of you. But, uh, no, it's just the thing that happened and that person's still going to exist and you're still going to exist. And then you're just going to power forward until you both die. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the intensity. No. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's invited. It's appreciated. Yeah. I fucking love it. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah, I rambled a little bit there, but... That's uh, what the show is. That's why I had you here. Fucking thank God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Man, I want to, just in closing, I would love to get um, just some quick, like, some deep cut moments, or just like, what do you think as far as, like... Wow, this this <laughs> transition is no, I a love fucking it. whole I, thing. I want to hear the segue. <laughs> I want you to tell me good movies that I know what has that you have. I probably haven't seen. Okay, I could just <laughs> I could just tell you my favorite movies. Rattle them off. Rattle them off. Favorite, favorite movies. Favorite movie. Uh, to fin- I, the one I say is my favorite movie is uh, is Punch Drunk Love. Um, word. Adam Sandler. And I like, have not seen it. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one, but it's very fleeting and romantic. Um, another movie I love very deeply and I try recommending to everybody is uh, Speed Racer, the 2008 movie. Whoa! Legitimately, get high, watch it with friends and people that you love. And it is an exciting and very beautiful film. Like wow. visually, it is amazing it is doing stuff that we do now but back in 2008 when everyone thought this looks fucking insane and cgi filled that was the point it looks amazing yeah it's very it's a beautiful psychedelic thing there's a movie from 1971 that no one talks about or really remembers it's called taking off it is about um this yup this couple and their daughter runs away to audition for some sort of musical or something like that but basically it's about adults in the 60s late 60s early 70s trying to understand what their kids are going through with like counterculture and all that kind of stuff and it kind of builds to this sequence where a bunch of like parents are in a room together and they try smoking weed together and just to understand what their kids are seeing and hearing and like feeling and what right. And it is one of the most beautiful film experiences I've ever seen. It's 10 minutes Whoa. long. It's a bunch of adults just being children all of a sudden because they're all stoned out of their minds and listening to music and dancing and crying and all that kind of stuff. And um, I highly recommend everyone check it out. It's very, very beautiful. Um, and then uh, what else is the thing that I like? Um, TV. TV. Oh, Fleabag is amazing. I just finished it. Um, uh, Moral Oral is a show on Adult Swim that I think kicked off what BoJack Horseman's running with right now, Word. which is the like the the comedy, haha. That's all. That's deeply depressing <laughs> and deeply emotionally rooted. Right. right. Um, I love Mad Men. I love Six Feet Under. One of the most important shows I've ever seen, actually. Um, mm. And I also love Futurama. That show is very deep 
deeply rooted to my heart. I think I'll never, ever forget Futurama, and I'll always look back on it with fondness and love. Um, music. Music. Dan Deacon, Mountain Goats. Um, oh, the other ones I've been listening to. Like, oh, Jeff Rosenstock is like a fucking hero of mine. He's a DIY pop punk musician. Um, also, yeah, that's kind of it. Dan Deacon, Mountain Goats, and um, Jeff Rosenstock. Sandwiches. Uh, grilled cheeses. Uh, the Monte Cristo. Um <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> the Reuben. <laughs> what uh, what can people check out that you're working on? Um, you can go... Everything Now? Yeah, Everything Now. Uh, on Twitter, we are everything underscore now underscore. On Twitch, we're twitch.com slash everything now show, one word. Um, I am on Twitter also, Rocky Pajarito. You'll see the spelling in the, in the yeah. thing. And there you'll see me post stuff from my website, from my YouTube. I'm on YouTube also. You know, I'm all over Is the place. Is that where your movies are? Yeah, most of the stuff that I make, all the weird shit in my short films go on there. So just Google me, Rocky Pajarito. I'm on most platforms. Fuck yeah! Yeah, also, hey, can we, can we jam sometime soon? Yeah, dude. That sounds incredible. I have, I have my drum set, so I yes. don't know if you ever need that. So yeah, you know. yeah, 100%. Fuck yeah. I wish I could jam today. I have <laughs> to go to work. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I gotta but do some But that gives stuff us too. another excuse to hang. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. And now recording. Perfect. Yeah. We can just actually hang out. I'm so glad that we're reunited, man. I'm, I am too. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thanks this was incredible. Me, I love it. Dude, hell yeah. That was so much fun. Thank you so much, man. Of course, dude. Thank you. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad.